0: Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Today, an encore presentation. My guest is Melanie Louget. When we spoke, she was head of employee workflow strategy at ServiceNow. Today, she's the head of future HR products. We'll talk about what ServiceNow does for HR how businesses navigated the shift to remote work during COVID, and what they learned from the experience, all on this edition of People Tech. Hi, Melanie. Welcome. Managers are becoming more reliant on technology to do pretty much anything nowadays. Do you foresee a time when being technical or technically minded trumps people skills?
1: No, I don't. Um, I think that that we need both, and that the technology is supporting people and managers is is necessary to be able to produce insights um, and 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 raise awareness, so that we can have that more human side of of interactions between managers and employees.
0: Now, during COVID, a lot of managers um, they worked remotely from their teams and. Did they learn anything from that? Did employers learn anything from from working that way?
1: I think they learned a tremendous amount. Um, I don't think that that anybody really foresaw how productive uh, employees were were going to be uh, outside of of the traditional workplace for those employees that could be outside of the traditional workplace., um, but I think managers really were stretched uh, because they a lot of them were used to, Face-to-face interactions and and awareness of what their team was doing because their team was was present with them. Uh, so managers ended up needing to figure out how to manage remotely, how to go from face-to-face meetings to making sure they were having frequent check-ins. Um, for it, from you know having maybe a, a less confidence that that things were getting done with having to find other ways to feel connected with their team. And they had to figure out how to do this with this team that was remote, um, you know, in in a stressful time. So they weren't doing it under the best of circumstances. They were doing it in a pandemic, and they were doing it with a lot of other uh, influences as well. You know, political influences, uh, uh, climate change influences, a, a whole lot of stress that was happening at that time. And on top of that, managers then had to figure out how to keep their team productive, how to keep their teams engaged. Uh, how to keep their their morale up, all of those types of things, which may not have come naturally to them.
0: And, you know, how did they do it?
1: So I think there was a lot of experimentation that was going on, and I don't think that everybody did it well. I think that there were some practices um, that that started coming to the forefront, you know, more frequent conversations, uh, more frequent check-ins, um, as as opposed to sort of periodic once a week, once every other week kinds of things. Um, they also adopted technology in in large scales too. So um, you saw uh, employee experience come to the forefront. So you know, if you think about corporations that spent you know literally you know hundreds of millions of dollars on physical campuses, when everybody went home and those campuses were empty, um, those organizations realized they hadn't updated their intranet or their service portals in 15 years. Um, and processes were broken and people couldn't find things and they couldn't get the help that they needed. Uh, and they had 20 different applications that that didn't talk to each other and there was nobody to physically go to for help. Um, so I think that that that's kind of what was one of the uh, influences that really prompted this uh, this this rapid um, growth in the importance of, of employee experience.
0: Now, I just want to sort of shift gears for a bit and ask you, could you tell me, a little bit about ServiceNow and what you do in the HR space.
1: Sure. Um, so ServiceNow was founded in, in 2004 by Fred Luddy. Um, the original vision of it was to have a platform that lets employees route work seamlessly throughout the organization. Um, so the initial focus was, was IT, but we then grew into a lot of different ways. The the, 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 the business unit that I'm a part of is, is employee workflows. Um, so our focus is is really very employee-centric. Uh, so what we like to do is we like to try to break down the silos in between some of the traditional HR um, departments, if you will, and look at processes that really go go across the organization. So um, we'd like to be able to connect those things in, so that there's more uh, fluidity and and ease of use for employees to be able to get work done or be able to grow their careers or be able to... Um, be able to, to do the work that they needed to do, whether that's in HR, whether it's in procurement, whether it's in IT, and be able to bring all of that together for the employee so that it can be simple for them. Also, the managers is our new focus.
0: Um, now, using that as, as for context or as background, what did ServiceNow learn during, uh, during covid
1: so we learned a lot during COVID and and for myself personally, I, I signed my offer letter in person and then didn't see anybody for two years. So it was definitely being dropped into the eye of the storm to be, you know, running strategy for this organization, you know, in the, in this point in time um, was was really, you know, quite an experience. So, you know, if you look at some of the things that we do, employee service, right? That we, we started with. Uh, H.R. help desk, right? Employees being able to get what they need, being able to get their tickets fulfilled, being able to buy things, being able to get help, get access, all of those things. And then also, uh, if you think about employee workflows like onboarding, well, everybody went home and, and everybody had to figure out how to ship laptops and and, you know, how to connect processes. So in a way, you know, we were definitely customer zero with a lot of the value that we produced. Um, you know, and I, and I will say that that for me, I was the, the literally the first class of, of ServiceNow employees to onboard remotely. and it happened, you know, seamlessly. It happened, um, you know, like they were able to 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 pivot to doing everything remotely you know, within within days, uh, because they already had the infrastructure in place to be able to connect the processes and manage the processes across departments. Um, we also learned a lot because we were uniquely positioned around things like returning to work, around things like safe workplace, uh, being able to very quickly, rapidly roll out new applications um, that allowed people to do their vaccination status, to be able to request a workspace, to be able to um, do all of those things that, that uh, allowed organizations like Coca-Cola to be able to more safely start to reopen when it was time to do that. So I really think that ServiceNow was uh, was very much at the forefront of, of innovation um, during the pandemic. And
0: how did how did you or how did the company pivot? I mean, I think that that's the best way to describe what companies had to do because you know, business really shifted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How how did you do that?
1: So, how did we do that from a from a tactical standpoint? Um, I'll I'll go ahead and share. When everything shut down, right? So when everybody went home. Uh, we in our organization literally pulled together the product team. So I'm talking about it from a product perspective, not an, an internal, um, you know, ServiceNow perspective. And we looked at everything we had at the road on the roadmap, and we made some decisions around okay, the world just changed, and we did this literally within weeks. Um, you know, what's going to be more important now? And we re. We we reestablished our roadmap accordingly, um, and we also introduced a two week release cycle, which was something that was unheard of in the industry. In order to be able to roll out safe workplace, in order to be able to roll out the kinds of changes that are that our customers were going to need, so we entirely piv- pivoted our, our business within within weeks. Okay.
0: And um, can you be, give me a little bit more from um, in? an operational sense mm-hmm. of how you were able to pull it off. I mean it it doesn't strike me as being a small challenge.
1: No. Um, you know, one of the one of the reasons we were able to pull it off is just, you know, ServiceNow is a very agile organization. Um, you, you know, we uh we pride ourselves on on being able to to change and being able to support our customers through change as well. One of the reasons we're able to do that is, is of course we're built on a platform um you know we're, we're built on the ServiceNow platform uh which allows you know rapid configuration uh which allows uh the ability to tailor experiences which allows you know for rapid development um so you know it, it was not easy <laughs> you know, it was it was definitely a challenge all hands on deck everybody had to row in the same direction that was opposite of the direction we thought we were going to Uh, But because of the culture of service now and because we are a platform company that can do rapid development and agile development, we're able to pull it off. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.
0: Um, what areas of the corporation, not service now, but the corporation? What areas do you think are sort of behind the eight ball on um, on this whole transition? They they may have muddled through, you know, the pivot, but um, but aren't particularly well positioned in terms of technology for the for the future.
1: Um, so among customers, I, I think that what what's happened with customers is, uh, you know, particularly within HR or other employee-facing organizations, um, you know, they had to uh, do some Herculean gymnastics to be able to get through the, the immediate period of disruption. Um, so things that would have taken years before just to get approvals or funding, they had to figure out how to do every night, right? And, you know, overnight. And um, you can't do that without breaking some processes and and doing some stopgap measures and worrying about, you know, cleaning up the mess later. Um, so what we're seeing now is that a lot of processes that were manual because they had to be, um, we're seeing uh, now they're they're looking more at how can they support these things with with technology. Um, I think that there's always kind of an, an adoption curve, if you will. Uh, of different organizations across industries and, and across geographies. Um, so I think that, you know, organizations that are that are really forward-looking, that are, that are building for that future agility, are definitely looking at the changing roles that are happening in organization. And they're looking at the fact they' they're accepting the fact that, that things have really changed forever. So when we think about um, uh, you know what I think is going to differentiate companies going forward, it's really going to be about understanding the nuances about how the workplace has changed, how the workforce has changed, how the relationship between an employer and an employee has changed, and being able to stay agile um, and being able to keep con- keep employees connected at the same time moving forward. Um, if you think about it, one of the things that I think about is you know how do you balance um this feeling of of employee belonging and this need for personalization that employees have with the very real needs of a business for business continuity you know how does the business keep going no matter what and still bring the employees along you know through what can be a rocky journey as we've we've learned now so it's really about being able to pull those two things together so i think organizations that that aren't looking very closely at the connection between business continuity and the employees are, are gonna be struggling a little bit more. Does that answer the question? I think so. Okay. Um,
0: I think it kind of lets me tee up the next one, which is how do you think HR sp- specifically, um, has HR, first of all, has it been changed by the last two or three years? Are they operating differently in, in, in any way that you can see?
1: I believe they are operating differently. Um, I think we've all been changed by what happened with the pandemic, but HR in particular, um, the the visibility within of HR within a broader organization really rose uh, because so much happened during the pandemic that was focused on the well being of employees, the well being, the mental well being of employees, the physical well being of employees, um, and then we of course are coming out of the period. Of uh, you know of of the Great Resignation, right? We're now at a tipping point past that, but because of the hyper focus on employees, both the scarcity of employees as well as the well being of the employees that you have and the need to retain them, um, it, you know HR really rose to the forefront. I think also HR, because of the nature of the pandemic, too, really needed to branch out from being just HR focused. So to solve some of the problems that happened during the pandemic, like return to workplace, for example, um, you know, or how are we going to support employees that we're hiring remotely? You can't do that with HR alone. You know that takes HR, it takes IT, it takes workplace services, it takes legal, it takes all of these different departments working together. So I think that at least during the period of time during the pandemic, it also had HR and other organizations that are employee facing. Working together more closely for the first time.
0: So we we started um, by talking about technology and and managers and you know how how close were they getting how they interacted and all. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask a, a very similar question about HR. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, HR sort of has this reputation as being a little bit backward in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. It's not a reputation, I think. You know, it it deserves, um, but what do you think? I mean, do you think that you know HR as a as an entity or as a as a profession, um, are they leveraging technology as well as they could?
1: I think they're getting there, and and it's a it's it's a large generalization. Every company has a different culture, you know. Different companies place a different level of importance on technology. I do think that the pendulum is swinging right now. So, you know, to tie together HR and and manager, I'll I'll tell you what I what I mean by that. Um we're coming off of a period of time where HR did a lot of buying of point solutions. Um and oftentimes each department was free to go buy what they thought was going to be best. So, Um, You know, recruiting went off and bought whatever recruiting solutions they needed and benefits had a solution and payroll had a solution and then there was OKRs and then there was learning five different systems in an enterprise, maybe, Um, you know, so that was happening. But then when everybody went away and had to try to string together a process, none of these systems talk to each other. There's no ability to get insights. Right. So a lot of these decisions were made independently, not with the employee in mind. Right. They were made to solve the individual problems of an HR organization. I'm in charge of learning. I'm going to go out and pick the right learning solution for the organization. But nobody ever asked the employee what they wanted or asked a manager what was easiest for them to use. So now managers have like, I don't know, 20 different applications that they have to use to manage their employees. Um, you know, They recruit in one system. They uh, you know, trying to do performance reviews across three different point solutions. Then they have to go somewhere else for purchasing. They have to go somewhere else for you know to to uh, to, to to request IT access. You know, all of these different things. Um, you know, so I think that that HR was making decisions for the for you know in a in a little bit of a silo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the pandemic it has been a wake up call that you really have to look at it holistically. And you have to look at it with the employee in mind. And you also have to solve for the manager that's in between this ever-changing organization and um, this very unpredictable world that we're living in now and the very real individual needs of their employees that they are responsible for fostering, mentoring, coaching, (laughs) advising. So there you have the manager stuck in between with 20-point solutions. And they really need one orchestrated way to work across that.
0: Do you think that um, solutions providers you know, like, like service now, but obviously there's a whole group out there. Are they taking managers seriously and giving them enough attention?
1: I think they're starting to. Um, I, I think they've been very overlooked in the past. So you know, a lot of these manager tools that I was referencing Um, you know, nobody asked a manager if they wanted 20 different tools, right? So, um, you know, they have just ended up with this accumulation over over time. And I think now, particularly the pandemic has highlighted the fact that the managers, they need help, right? So not only are they managing all these different tools but they're managing employees that might be in the office, might be at home, might be at home in another country with very different rules and policies (laughs) and ways of doing things. And they're in the middle trying to figure out how to manage this, this very unpredictable and, and variable uh you know team that they have. Um, you know, and, and through all of the that investment in these various point solutions, um, you know, one of the, the the key indicators of an employee's satisfaction or that you know, reasons that they might leave an organization is their satisfaction with their manager still, right? So I think that you really have to solve for manager in order to be able to solve for employee experience. So I think to answer your question uh, more succinctly, um, I think that manager has been very overlooked in the past, but I think that because of the pandemic, they're getting some more attention now than than they have before.
0: Well, Melanie, thank you very much. It was great to meet you and great to talk to you.
1: Sure. Thank you for having me.
0: My guest today has been Melanie Luger, the Head of Employee Workflow Strategy at ServiceNow. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com, And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.HCMTechnologyReport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer.